Good morning, everyone. Welcome to another fantastic episode of Classic Elder Scrolls. Today's record date is Sundas, Sun's Dusk the 30th, and this is brought to you by the Quest Gaming Network and is available for download on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and QuestGamingNetwork.com. Our show is brought to you by Tweaked Audio, TweakedAudio.com. Hey, if you need some new headphones, guys, we'll save you 30% off by typing in our code off the record, all one word, over at tweakedaudio.com. And guess what? They'll send them to your house for free. Also by Audible, audibletrial.com slash questgamingnetwork. Uh, if you like audiobooks, great link to go to, and you'll get a free download if you sign up uh, right now for, for, their, uh, for their service over at audibletrial.com slash questgamingnetwork. Fantastic selection. Very good product. Highly recommend it. Um, also, hey, you know what? Christmas is a thing, and it's um, it's coming around. And, and while you're out there shopping, uh, maybe think about QGN. Uh, if you go to questgamingnetwork.com and you click on our Amazon link, uh, whatever you buy on Amazon, uh, QGN will see um, a little bit of a, a little bit of a benefit from that. Your no cost to you, no prices for you go up, nothing like that. It's just. It's just a little agreement that we have between uh, us and Amazon. So we'd appreciate that while you're out there getting your Cyber Monday deals. Um, I am your host and fellow Tamrielic Traveler, Ivarwin, And I'm joined by the one, the only, uh, the guy with the black hand. Uh, the <laughs> He who assists in the trafficking of corpses with jesters. That man right over there. Wave your back, black hand guy. Hello, hello, that's Mike. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, everybody. Uh, thanks for joining us on this beautiful Sunday, and uh, hopefully, you know, unlike uh, Janessa here, who's trudging through the snows of Buffalo, uh, it's nice and clear where you are. <laughs> it's a little snowy out here. <laughs> uh, and and right next to uh, right next to Mike, sitting right there, the, the hunter of missing monsters. And uh, and the the snuggly Canadian and Tamriel, that right there is Mark. Hello, Mark. Waving at Mark. Hey, everyone. Hey, hey, chat room. Hope everyone's going well. I am currently hunting for uh, Gorgons and uh, also a Varwins. Currently, we seem to have found one. <laughs> seem to have found a uh, a Varwin in his natural habitat, uh, sitting in front of his computer in, in in his house with a cup of coffee and a microphone in front of his face. Currently, he's not being eaten by a bear, which is an oddity. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, this might end up being a very short stream because uh, we're we're right in front of Alftand, and uh, there doesn't seem to be any way for me to actually get in at the moment. <laughs> I think I'm on the. Uh, if you turn around, you'll see the, um, the plank here, right? Yeah, yeah that's actually down. the exit. That's yeah. the exit. <laughs> <laughs> which, acor- which, according to Quagmire, is also sometimes the entrance. Giggity. Giggity. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, so speaking of of uh, of horrible and terrible things, um, <laughs> Mark, why don't you tell us where everyone can watch our, our show? <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone can watch us live at uh, Sundays at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time at twitch uh, twitch.tv slash questgamingnetwork. Uh, you can email us at questgamingnetwork at gmail.com and you can find us at questgamingnetwork.com and remember to follow us on Twitter at uh, Elder Scrolls OTR 
uh, Facebook. You can meet, we are at uh, facebook.com slash questgamingnetwork. And at Google, we're at google.com slash plus sign questgamingnetwork. Now, now, Mark, um, I'm already in Alftand. Uh, I'm sorry, Mike. I'm already in Alftand, sort of starting us off here. But uh, please, tell, tell everyone what else we're going to be uh, engaging in today. Okay, so for those that uh, don't know, that we are playing Skyrim, Elder Scrolls V, and we are going to travel through the Dwemer Ruins Alfand, uh, which is probably one of the only Dwemer Ruins that you can actually pronounce in this game. So uh, that's a good thing. Uh, for today's topics, we will be discussing the Dwemer from the Elder Scrolls forums, uh, and in the history of, it's the Hammers in the Deep, uh, since the dwarves are uh, one of the greatest evolution or engineers in Tamriel, and the Cenaris Archives is the evolution of the dwarf. Uh, so do they get taller, I guess, maybe. Uh, and then we have our fast question, uh, some Twitter, and an email. Uh, so, you know, that's what we will be covering today. Sounds, sounds fantastic. Um, we actually wanted to have Liz on the show. Unfortunately, uh, she, she couldn't be, she couldn't be with us today, and there was some there was some some nonsense that went down on on Twitter uh, yesterday. There was some Twitter smack going on between her and and Janessa, uh, where where Liz had oddly referred to Janessa as as being a large sack of garden tools. Yeah, a specific garden tool. <laughs> yeah, I believe the term was uh, a, a hoe a bag of hose or a hoe bag. Yeah, not not quite a nice thing to say, you know, and so. She decided that uh, she was not going to put her lovely face on the screen with Janessa's lovely face. Yeah. So, which is really, it, I mean, it's a lovely face if you like if you like a face that's been mangled by a truck. Uh, I guess Janessa's face is lovely. But oh, okay. I was going to say that's not a nice thing to say about Liz. No, <laughs> no, Liz is is no Liz is far more uh, attractive than than any sort of creation in the digital world. That is for sure. Yes. <laughs> Especially in Elf and Skyrim. Yes. <laughs> Where everyone's <laughs> ugly. ugly. mothers. Just be careful. You know, Janessa's a Bosmer. She might come back and eat you. <laughs> She's totally going to snipe me now. Janessa's not happy with me anymore. <laughs> anyway. Wait, um, we also tried to get her eaten by a bear, so. <laughs> um, yeah. Mike, how, how was your Thanksgiving? Uh, so we did pretty good. Uh, you know, we didn't get killed by the chickens. Uh, you know, the chicken death squad did not come for us because we ate turkey. <laughs> My tweet was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Although, uh, you know, the turkey did look like, you know, somebody had shot either Big Bird or Rodan and put it on the table. Nice. So, uh, you know, I never that, that, was, anyway. that was very nice. I love having the turkey at this time of year. And uh, we always complain, you know, we have a freezer. Uh, and there's never enough room in a freezer to put a turkey for when you really want a turkey, which is July, because, you know, we'll eat so much turkey that we start to become turkeys. Mm. And, you know, July comes around, you're like, oh, I'd like to have turkey. But, you know, you can't put one in the freezer at this point in time in the year. The freezers are never big enough. Yeah. So, you know, so we did good. Uh, I got to play uh, quite a bit of ESO when I came home last night, so I was very happy about that. Because, oh, nice. uh, you know, when you're there with family and everything... They want to sit around the kitchen table and play cards and, you know, drink and, you know, just how's your life? You know, luckily, you know, I'm past that point of, you know, are you still single? You know, so now we do that to my younger cousins. Are you still single? Why haven't you found someone yet? 
when when's he gonna when's he gonna you know put a ring on it you know if he likes this put a ring on it jenny jenny and i are getting that now it's, it's, <laughs> oh yeah it is it is hysterical because she gets so angry she's like you know we're gonna get married when 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 it's when it's available when we can get married <laughs> she gets so mad <laughs> oh god yes yeah it is i mean to her credit it is horribly annoying but Mm-hmm. We we know where it comes from, of course. Uh, yeah, they're, they're they're all impatient because they wanted to be around to see it. Yeah, oh, of course. And, uh, yeah, like I had this past year, I had a great aunt die, and she was three months short of one hundred. Uh-huh. And it's just like for my family, it's like the that age group is all wondering when the the what fourth generation back is going to get married. And it's like uh, they're barely you know out of their into their teens yet. Don't push it. Yeah, <laughs> it's so strange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These days, you can't you can't rush things like that. It, you you really set yourself. I mean, it, the the probability of setting yourself up for a very difficult marriage is 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 very likely, especially if you live in like, you know, in, in New York, where where things around like real estate is just so expensive and. Yeah. Actually, my wife and I were uh, together for nine years before we actually made our engagement official. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. It's tough. It's very difficult. Um, oh, yeah. Which is why we always come back to Tamriel to sort of um, remind us of, of uh, things that are not are not so difficult in, in taxing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mike, Just put on I- that amulet of Mara and walk up to somebody and, you know, get hit on. <laughs> Which is definitely one of the funniest things in the game. Maybe at Valentine's Day, that's what we should do. Have uh, Janessa put the amulet on and see how many people should get have hit on her well, throughout know, the game. Suitors. You know, Bethesda is <laughs> actually now selling amulets of Mara as an actual physical item you can get. Are yes. they really? Yeah. So you know, Varwin, when you're ready to propose... It's not a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> That's really not a bad idea at all. Like you know, I'll, I would I would absolutely do something like that. I would. Well, of course, you know, you get the. I'm I'm traditional and a and a, and a gentleman, so I would I would get her the ring. Obviously, oh, get that and make sure that's that's taken care of. But you better believe there'd be a ring of of uh, an amulet of Mara to to accompany that. Yeah. Uh, Mark, what about you? Would you? How was your Thanksgiving? What have you been doing in Elder Scrolls? Well, uh, my Thanksgiving was actually a month ago. Um... For some reason, those Canadians decide that, uh, no, no, we're, we're going to have the things early. Um, so, yeah, uh, in as for Elder Scrolls, I've been spending a little more time back with, uh, with Daggerfall, just sort of going back to the roots, as it were. Um, currently fighting, you know, I'm fairly early on with it, and currently fighting with the game because, um, for some reason, every time I try to get something repaired at a shop, the game crashes the moment I try to get it back. It's the most annoying thing, especially because, like, um, I was making a thiefy character who started off with an ebony dagger. So I'm trying to get the thing repaired because I'm not going to see one of those again for quite a while. And every time the game crashes. And we're just sort of at this point where it's such an old game, no one's really doing troubleshooting for it anymore. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, just fun stuff like that. All right. Now, Varwin, yeah. you got to make sure when you you know when you're in this fight here, you got to keep saying "bad kitty" as you hit him. <laughs> <laughs> bad kitty, <laughs> bad kitty, that's my papa. <laughs> I see. Bad. They don't have um, the magic making thing. You could get like a water spray spell. 
<laughs> Spray bottle spell. Hopefully, I can I can hide from him over here. I really got. Uh, I, I thought this guy was gonna give me like a quest or something, and um, I forgot that you know Jadar is is a he's a bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's a raving skooma addict. Yeah, he kills his own brother. So yeah, I think not, he's not killed, the nicest he guy. killed him a while ago. He's just yeah, he thinks I, that he's alive. Well, Skuma will do that to you. That's true. Uh, mm -hmm. One of the things I, I love, again, about about this game is stuff like that. You know, the stories stories play out when you want them to play out, and and certainly this is a perfect example of that. And, and one of the one of the first examples I ever had um, in Elder Scrolls with that, it was. Um, you know, you, you run around in these these Dwemer ruins, and you, you find a whole bunch of stuff, and you, know, you start picking up books and reading them, and you realize, oh man, that guy I just spoke to, or that guy I ran into and killed, like th this book is talking about him and how he murdered so and so, and I love that about about uh, about this game. Mm -hmm. You get you get this tidbits of story when you want when you want to, and uh, they're always very interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, speaking of things that are very interesting, the Dwemer. The Dwemer is is a subject matter that has interested Elder Scrolls players ever since we've learned that this is a a race of of people that once existed, like I don't know, um, Atlanteans. <laughs> Uh, fabled uh, Atlantis and and um, and whatnot. We 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 found out they were a race of people that existed, and and guess what? They're they're no longer here, but we have their their uh, their ruins here to sort of sift through and, and discover. And and we're not the only ones that know nothing about them. The people of Tamriel have been working very hard to to uncover their their secrets as well, and uh, it's it's been. I think that's a really a good way to put it too, because um, when you look at the timelines, I mean, a lot of us, you know, don't really realize how, you know, third era, fourth era, first era, second era, you know, Merthic era, how far back this actually goes. I mean, we're talking this is history from the first era, and we're now in the fourth era, and you know, we're talking, you know, BC in our time. You know, that kind of changes. I mean, and you look at what they brought up from that. Uh, wreck off of uh, the northern coast of of um, Egypt, you know where you know the the city or the uh, what's that little machine called there? Uh, it was like oh, the, the first computer. Yeah, the Antitheron device. Yeah. Yeah, and it took them. It took us a long time to actually figure out what it was. It was so corroded. It um, it took like computer imaging and MRIs to actually figure out that there's so many gears in that, and it's it's meant to track the stars. Yeah. Yeah, and you that's not something you think of from that period. No, not at all. And and just like the modern day equivalent, uh, or I should say the the real life equivalent, we have we have the Dwimmer who um they 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 possessed uh fan fantastically advanced technology for for its time in in Tamriel um certainly on on Nern uh, or just Mundus in general, and um, it strikes something with us. 
it strikes this 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 human um, chord where where we say, hmm, I thought we were advanced, yet thousands of years ago there could have been a race even more advanced than we are. How does that happen? And I thought everyone back then was just throwing around you know sticks and and uh and and torches and had you know bumbling around and not knowing what the hell they were doing and so it's it's it, it touches that center of of us and i think this is the reason why the dwimmer is is a subject matter in in elder scrolls that will always fascinate people yeah it's the dark ages the bubonic plague wipes out civilization you know where would we be if we didn't have the dark ages and the bubonic plague i mean would be actually be living yeah. on another planet by now. You know, it's what five, six hundred years of you know, no technological advancement in our time. Yeah. You know. So uh, the topic from the guy here, uh, M. Smith one two three four, uh, who I think is the doctor. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, so, totally, definitely. Yeah, the doctor. he definitely has a secret here. He's not telling us. There's a spoiler in this. I think uh, he would like to know. Bring them back as a gamer. I want to get to know them. I would love to experience the things they like and don't like, and where they stood in the world of the Elder Scrolls. So, uh, the Doctor Matt Smith would like to know: <laughs> Should we bring them back, the Dwemer back, in the next Elder Scrolls game? Uh, and so, should you know Bethesda bring the Dwemer back and explain their disappearance? Uh, how would we explain their disappearance? And uh, would this ruin the series? Not as in a rune, like Varwin's going through a rune, but as in break. Ah. As in Elder Scrolls is ruined forever. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's uh it, yeah I I I think it's uh it's very it's a very interesting subject. What do you what do you think about it, Mark? Um. Should they should Bethesda bring back the the Dwemer? I, I I'm of two minds about it. Uh, if we're talking about they come back and we get to see them at the height, of, you know, like basically they come back and they're as they were. No, and I also wouldn't want to actually see them. I wouldn't want to see them actually come back and. Um, uh, sorry, uh, we find out exactly where they went or what happened to them. I I think that that would just it ruin the mystery, and and that's something, you know, even. Even with the Dwemer back, that mystery of what happened to them is such an interesting one that just I really don't want to to have that one explained because it's never going to be as in, as interesting as what you can imagine it was. Um, but as for bringing them back, I would want them back. But if I wa- if they were to come back, I'd kind of want to see them in a in a situation like um, like the Dalish elves out of um, out of uh, Dragon Age. You know, they're sort of the He's race itself. Age out of the other scrolls. <laughs> <laughs> well, basically, basically, I want to see them like all elves should be, crushed and broken. Um, oh wow! <laughs> well, basically, what I kind of like the way I kind of picturing it working is that they all come back, and the vast majority of them, they're all disoriented. They don't understand where they've been. Uh, those that would maybe understand are kind of gone a little bit mad, or they just didn't uh, reappear. And they supposedly had sort of a mental link with each other. So have them when they come back, they, you know, if someone comes back, they appear exactly where they had been standing. So a whole bunch of them die automatically because they've now appeared in the middle of a crumbled, you know, in the middle of like where something fell. Uh, traps fall, you know, traps take them, take a bunch of them out. The Falmer overwhelm them and they're forced to flee. So now you have a people that, 
you know, they don't have the resources they once had. Um, you know, they're no, they're not an instant empire in the middle of the place. And how do all the other races react to what were, um, you know, these mysterious, very technologically advanced people who are suddenly there? Like, I can't see the Nords uh, agreeing to help them give back, help them get back uh, their ruins. You know, most of their ruins in Morrowind are are lost too. Yeah. They might ha- have access to the ones in Hammerfell, but could you see the Red Guards allowing a, a race of elves access to basically, you know, extremely fortified positions in the middle of their own cities? Oh, I I, I imagine if if they actually did a thing where where all of a sudden the Dwemer are back, uh, I imagine that the entire world would would all of Tamriel would 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 turn on its head. Oh, it yeah. absolutely would. It, it would quake and shudder under fright, and I, I think you'd see some very un- unlikely alliances banding yeah. together to annihilate them. And, yeah. and that's kind of why I'd like to see them come back in sort of uh, a very difficult situation where they aren't really a threat, and that way you've got all these storylines about, you know, how do you deal with this now? I mean, do you, you know, how do, you know, you've got all these legends about these guys, now they're back do you want to get their technology? Do you want to protect your people by trying to chase them away? You know, that could be interesting. In in actually the conflict between the Empire and, and the Thalmor, I could see the Empire basically offering them land and material in exchange for more for Dwemer technology. After all, the the Dwemer, uh, the Numidium, uh, was actually a creation of the Dwemer, and that's how they conquered the elves in the fir- how Tiber Septum conquered uh, the elves in the first place. Mm. Yeah, they they had uh, impossible technology that no one at the time could surpass, and thousands of years later, uh, the no one at the time could surpass either. So, once again, though, it comes down to what is the storyline going to be for the next Elder Scrolls game. I mean, if it is held in the Deep South, uh, the Dwemer really didn't have much influence down there. I mean, they are very much a northern uh, tribe of elves. So, oh, yeah. You know, you know, most of the ruins being on Vardenfell, Skyrim, and the small settlement in Hammerfell. Beyond that, I mean, we don't see them in Oblivion. We see um, the Elians in Oblivion. We haven't gone further south uh, to, you know, um, elsewhere or um, uh, Valenwood or the Somerset no, Isles, I mean, you know, or Black Marsh. I mean, so there really could be, you know, a, you know, a non-player at all even in the next storyline because, you know, they wouldn't have had any influence in those areas if we go down south. Oh, yeah. I, I guarantee you if, if you the next... Uh installment of Elder Scrolls, if it happens uh, in the southern regions of Tamriel, I guarantee you there's going to there's gonna be a change in lore, where whoever whoever wrote the lore, um, they they were a mistaken historian, and guess what? There are Dwemer ruins, as far as the eye can see, here in uh, in Valenwood, or uh, Grotwood, or Well, what I would hope elsewhere. is that we're going to get back to uh, the Eliads, if we go down that way, where... Uh, you know, you really don't see Elliot ruins in Skyrim, you know, but they would have been in Valenwood because after the Elysian Wars, many of the survivors started to migrate in and interbreed with the uh, Wood Elves. So we could go back to seeing Elliot ruins instead. Yeah, I've got to agree with Mike on this. Uh, I, 
I, I wouldn't want to see Dwemer ruins plopped down in in the south. It just it doesn't seem to fit. You, and when, especially when you already have uh, an entire race, you know, mysterious race that you know was in the area to begin with. You know, you, it, it would sort of be doubling up. And yeah. again, I actually, if we were to bring them back, I wouldn't want them back if it was, unless we were in an area that focuses with Dem- uh, that has Dwemer runes. So maybe if they ever do Hammerfell, that would be a good time to bring them back. So, so let's well, let's let's spin on this right here, um, Mark. Would would this ruin Elder Scrolls in some way for you? If if all of a sudden, uh, you know, you, you turn on Elder Scrolls Six and hey, the Dwemer are back, and and we'll explain it in a little bit. But guess what? They're a playable race, and and here you go, make your make your uh, dwarven uh, whatever. Would that ruin um, the game? Again, if it was, they're going to explain, you know, everything about the Dwemer. We're going to know how they disappeared and where they were after they disappeared and why they came back. I think that it wouldn't ruin the Elder Scrolls as in, oh, I'm, there's no point playing anymore. But I think it would, it would remove such an interesting mystery from the setting that I think you would lose far more than you would gain by, by explaining that. As for being able to play them again, if if they brought them back right, if they if they kept some of those core mysteries there, if you if you kept them from just automatically having all their wealth and power and uh, and resources back, I wouldn't really have too much problem with them being a playable race. Mike, Elder Scrolls yeah. Six, Aetherius. You turn that on, and uh, here are the dwarves. They're in they're in Aetherius. And they've established an empire here. It's not. It's not the, the the beautiful uh, heaven-like realm that that maybe we thought it would be. Um, yeah, I really don't. You know, there's a whole bunch of groups of races that I don't want to see in Elder Scrolls. Um, you know, the Dwemer being one of them, the uh, Eliads being another. You know, that they give you that sense of mystery. Uh, if you're going to bring in races, I mean, we have the entire continent of Akavir that, you know, you could have something centered around, you know, a group of Akaviri that have come in. So you'd be able to play as a race of, of you know, the Akavir that have come to Tamriel uh, versus your traditional races. Or, you know, add the, was it the Maramar, the, uh, the Sea Elves, you know, which you figure that there should be a large contingent of them still available that you'd be able to play. Um, so those are the kind of things. And I'd rather not see some of the more mysterious races all of a sudden become playable races uh, that are populating the planet. Mm-hmm. Especially if they're gone and their ruins are all that's left. Because it really, you know, I mean, could you imagine if you you know, you went into these ruins and they were fully populated? You know, th- there's no sense of mystery. There's no sense of, you know, of danger because, you know, well, first off, you know, would you even be able to get into the ruins? It'd yeah. be highly fortified areas, you know, that you may not even be able to get in and explore. And you definitely wouldn't need a torch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, my torches. <laughs> um, I I agree. I I agree with this. I I think uh, Mark, you made some fantastic um uh, observations and and ideas, but but ultimately. I don't want to see them. 
mm-hmm. I, I'm happy with this being a great mystery of Tamriel, and I don't ever want to see it solved. Um, unless, of course, you know, some horrible day. Bethesda says, we just can't make Elder Scrolls games anymore because, you know, we're going Chapter 11 or whatever. We're going out of business, and that's it. And then they have, like, the final Elder Scrolls game, and then they dealt with it then. All right, maybe I'd be into it at that point. Um, and that's even in a, a big maybe. Yeah, it's a, it's a definitely a sensitive subject that, you know, a lot of people do want to see them, but I think that they would lose the the mystery yeah. and the, that sense of something different, you know? Yeah. I, I don't yeah, think it, it would ruin the series, but I think for a lot of people there's a sense of, there's a there's a sense of 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 home, for a lack mm-hmm. of a better a, a lack of a better term. I mean, yeah. I mean, I would if they're going to bring them back. That's kind of how I'd want them to do it. But yeah, if if it comes down to it, yeah, I don't. I think that you're better off just leaving it and keeping the mystery. Yeah. Now, according to mysteries here, you know, uh, no pants, happy dance uh, in our chat room says Elder Scrolls 47, Argonians in space. How about Argonians go the route of the Dwemer? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's- alt first, let's send the Altmer uh, the way the Dwemer go. <laughs> Man, such hatred for the elves today from it's, you. It's mo- well, it's mostly the Altmer, and I've just, I've never liked the Altmer. Yeah, I I think the problem is, and this is one of those things, uh, I was listening to Shoddy Cast's uh, thing on the Altmer, and they had it really, like, a really good concept on it, that for years, the elves had ruled Tamriel, and then pretty much, you know, when you can live for a thousand years, you know, you become very good at stuff, and, you know, you, you start noticing the flaws in things, and, uh, when, you know, somebody says, oh, look at what I've done here, and you're like... Uh, you know, it's good, but it's not really good because, you know, they only took a few years to work on it versus an Altmer who had taken decades. And then you turn around and all of a sudden you don't are no longer the power that you are because, you know, a man gets the Numidium and, you know, conquers you. It's really kind of like a, oh, you know, we aren't as good as we thought we were. And now, you know, that mm-hmm. they're coming back into power, it's like the usurp of man over their power well now they're trying to come back and take their place and, and it really paints them in a light of you know from their own shoot from their own way of looking at things not you know the way that man looks at it from skyrim and oblivion as to what the elves are all about so i think that's the thing as a point of view we always look at it as because we're humans the way that humans would look at you know at the elves mm-hmm. The only thing is, though, uh, well, the Altmer have never ruled Tamriel, but the other thing about them is that, um, as I understand it, the Altmer actually only live about two to three hundred years. Only the Dunmer live to be be like a thousand years old. Yeah, and that's one of those things that I really wish that Bethesda would come out with like a thing on their own, because they drop hints here and there uh, that, you know, some of the races do live much longer than expected. Um and yes, you know they have made comments on the on the Dunmer living very long, and uh, mm-hmm. like with the uh, Baron Zaya stories. I mean, she outlives what five or six generations of septums. Oh wow! And meets them. Oh yeah. Well, she shows um, up in Morrowind. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and, and actually, she shows up in Daggerfall as well. She's uh, the queen of I think Wayrest. Yeah, and Monovan makes a good point in our chat room. The Altmer do not equal the Thalmor. The Thalmor are bad. 
Uh, you know, yes. they're a political rate. They're a political group. Yeah, I mean, it's just like our own country. You know, where we have, you know, some of these people that you know are screaming and yelling about things. You know, they're Americans, but that doesn't mean that they represent all Americans. And I, the Altmer are the race that just happens to be the Thalmor happened to be uh, representing. So that's another thing to remember. Is I'm really yeah. glad that Monovan shouted that out because it, it is. It seems to be absolutely true that, um, and so it, it's a good thing to, to have on. It's a good thing to have on the show. So. Oh no, and I completely agree. I would point out that well, ESO kind of everything I don't like about the Altmer was in the Altmer in ESO. But again, like I could get onto a rant, so let's. Oh well, yeah. well, yeah. I mean, let's. Let, hey, you know what? I mean, let's let's face oh, it. it. It's we can, personal taste. We can. Um, well, I mean, I really want to get into it, but the thing is, is today's our. This is our Dwimmer show. I don't want to an Altmer show one of these days. I really want. I think. I think a, an Altmer show might be in order. Yeah. That might be like really freaking awesome. Yeah. Um. Anyway, let's um. Let's let's shift gears. Guys, uh, so so great discussion. All right. Um, in closing, anyone want to say anything in closing before we move on to the history of? No, I think this was a pretty good discussion. Yeah, I I, I agree. I and think, I, and I think really most people are in agreement that they don't want to see the Dwemer back as a race, you know, because they want that mystery, you yeah. know, and they yeah. want to see more of like Kelsalmo, where you know people are trying to figure out the mystery, but the mystery hasn't been solved. I would I would really like. Uh, like a main, I would really like a, a main quest in an Elder Scrolls game that that gets so close to the mystery of of the Dwemer. Just like you, it's there, you can almost barely put your hands on the answer, and then something happens where that fades from your grasp. You just never get it. You know, maybe a Dwemer is found on the shores of of whatever, and he's got. For some reason, um, he can't remember where he came from, what he was doing, and you're trying to help this this guy on a quest to uncover what happened to his people, and you go in through a bunch of ancient Dwemer uh, ruins and uncover all of these books that, that sort of suggest where he might have come from, but then other books sort of negate those suggestions, and then, and then you know, he says, okay, I, I got it. And communication with this NPC sort of gets a little spotty for some reason, and you're trying to meet him over to where he, the answer is, and he's like, I got it, I'm here, and then he's gone, and the answer's gone, and you're like, I did all this, and I have nothing. I, I'm Actually, right back where I came thing, from. funny thing, the NPC that would work perfectly for that is already in the series. Uh, in Morrowind, you actually come across the last living, well, he claims it, but he's supposed to be the last living Dwemer. Um, he's suffering from basically one of these diseases that the big bad guy in, um, in Morrowind put together. And one of the things that this disease does is it makes you immortal and it makes you decay and become really uh, hideous and drives you insane. It, it has a lot of terrible effects and makes you immortal. And basically he's this massive corpulent guy on like these, uh, mechanical spider leg chariot that he's put together to get around. And apparently he was off-plane, like he was out exploring Oblivion when the Dwemer disappeared. So that's his, that's supposed to be why he didn't disappear with oh, them. Oh, yeah. So I, he would be yeah. perfect for an NPC to deal with that. 
Yeah, uh, I remember he, hearing he about perfect, that guy. But it might be very difficult to get any answers out of him at all. Cause oh, God, he's yeah. He's kind of crazy, yeah. <laughs> but you see, that's that, you know, like, that would actually still work. Yeah. Huh. All right. History of uh, let's let's roll ahead with with Mike. He he did a wonderful job this uh, this episode. Both of you actually have done a beautiful job yet again putting these notes together. I want to get that out there. Um, so so thank you for your hard work. Now now Mike, um, you went in and you you grabbed up a whole bunch of books as you do each week in in the history of. We've got hammers in the deep, sir. Yes, hammers in the deep. Uh, that's uh, reference to Tolkien uh, when we go in to uh, talk about some of the Dwarven kingdoms and stuff uh, from his books. Uh, but we're talking about the Dwemer, uh, which they happen to call them the Dwarves. And uh, it's kind of a misnomer. Uh, but we're going to start, and I'll post all of the links to the books on our Twitter feed, as I normally do, because you know these are just excerpts from the books, just to get some conversation started, and to bring to light some of the you know, concepts that uh, they talk about in the game. Uh, so we're going to start with the Battle of Red Mountain. Uh, Kagernak turned his tools upon the heart, and Nerevar saw, said he saw Kagernak and all the Dwemer companions at once disappear from the world. In that instant, the Dwemer everywhere disappeared without a trace. Uh, so since the Battle of Red Mountain in the first year 700, uh, the Dwemer have been gone from the face and the bowels of Tamriel. Uh, their legacy has spanned through the eras. Who were they? What were they? Where were they found? And what do we know of them? Uh, so that's really, you know, the big mystery of all of this. And we have uh, people that were alive at the time of Morrowind, uh, you know, the tribunal, uh, that were there, supposedly, at the Battle of Red Mountain. And uh, the Nerevar, who is reincarnate, reincarnated as uh, the Nerevarine, actually saw uh, this guy, Kagernak, uh turn his tools, which we can encounter in Morrowind and Skyrim, I believe, right, Mark? We get to see yeah. uh, Keening, I think it is. Yeah, um, we, we get to see the one, yeah, Keening, that one crystal dagger uh, yeah. shows up in both games. Uh, and that was used on the Heart of Lorcan, and it causes all of the Dwemer everywhere to disappear. Um, so, yeah, so we've, you know, but when we think about it, as we said earlier, first era 700, you know, we're now in the fourth era. You know, was it? So, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years have gone by uh, between the time of the Battle of the Red Mountain and, you know, the current timeline. So there's still a mystery. So the proper term when ref uh, referencing the ancient lost race of Tamriel is Dwemer. It is a word whose meaning is roughly translated to people of the deep. In the common tongue and those who use has been widely replaced by the more ubiquitous nomenclature dwarves. And this is from The Lost Race of Tamriel, Volume 1, Architecture and Design, from one of my favorite non-player characters in Skyrim, Kelselmo, uh, the scholar uh, of Markarth. Actually, um, in the first edition of the Guide to the Empire, there's this uh, one particular line. Uh, Imperial excavation of ancient and wondrous dwarven machinery supports the dialectic theory that the translation of Dwemer as deep elves might instead be read as smart elves, dis uh, despite the incongruity of that notion. Yep. So, yeah, there's you know that's another way that the that the series has approached that. 
Yeah, it's kind of cool, you know. I mean, we all know that the mer ending suffix, you know, pretty much means elf. So it's what does the D W E really stand for uh, in, you know, the translation? Mm-hmm. I think it stands for uh, ancient badasses of of brass pipes. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was brass balls. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so, a definitive guide to the Dwemer. The Dwemer lived primarily in uh, what is now called Morrowin, the land of the Dark Elves. In earlier times, it was called Valenthi, uh, then Dunmurth, uh, and then Resdane. Uh, when the Dwemer and the Chimer were united, one tribe, the Rorkin clan, migrated from uh, to Hammerfeld around 420 in the first era in self-exile. Uh, so gives you an idea of the areas that we're talking about, you know, uh, the northern aspects of Tamriel. Uh, actually, to also come from the guide, um, okay, uh, legends hold that uh, the Dwemer uh, of the Rorkin clan, who refused to participate in peacemaking with the Dark Elves. Thus, the Rorkin chieftain threw his mighty hammer, Volendrung, across Tamriel, promising to lead his clan's mur to wherever, wherever it should fall. This mythic image has been depicted in the walls of several ruins of Hammerfell, a mass exodus of golden-clad dwarves trudging through the Cyrodelic forests, Volendrung, a falling star in the night sky before them, urging them on. Sadly, these same ruins offer no clues to the mysterious disappearance of the dwarves from Tamriel, which uh, was uh, which was everywhere the same. So, yeah. Yeah, I really like that story with the Volendrung and the hammer. Um, it, it, it's a nice image, especially to describe this is what it shows in the ruins. But the interesting thing with that entire concept, though, is that you know when the Dwemer disappear, even the uh, self-exiled clan the Rorkin clan that followed Volendrung still disappeared with the rest of the Dwemers. So it has to be something genetically that makes them different because you know they're the only Murd to have disappeared when uh, they all disappeared. And whether they were in self-exile or not, that they were still part of that same pool of people that uh, disappeared. So I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Now, in ESO, we're able to find ruins in the Ebonheart Pack and the Daggerfall Covenant. Uh, as we enter into the area, we don't get to enter into the area of Vardenfell. Uh, we don't really see any of the ruins in Morrowind, uh, which you know is connected to the main landmass. Uh, and since the Battle of the Red Mountain and all of that kind of stuff, the main home of the Dwemer uh, is contained on Vardenfell. It's not surprising that we don't see them. Uh, and then, uh, you know, Mark has played all the games, so how are really, you know, are the ruins different as you progress from, you know, Skyrim, Morrowind, and uh, Daggerfall? Um, well, you know, how do they they really differ through the games? Well, Daggerfall actually has no d- uh, dwarven ruins at all, and I'll actually get a bit into that uh, when we get to the archives. Um, Redguard is actually the first time we ever get to see a d- uh, Dwemer ruins, and it's pretty much it's kind of like everything that you see here in Skyrim. Uh, the color scheme's kind of the same. It's mostly granite. But the piping is is not as pronounced. Um, it's more that you'll find massive, uh, th- you know, massive constructs and um, 
thing and uh, machines in certain certain areas, but otherwise it's a little more understated. Um, you actually get to see the first Ori's. Like, okay, in here in um, Skyrim, you you a couple of times you come to these big dwarven Ori's where they've um, they've harnessed the Elder Scrolls to sort of examine the stars. Okay. Um, and you see those for the first time back in in uh, Redguard. Uh, then once we get into um, into Morrowind, you can sort of see that things seem to be more. I, I don't know if I would say utilitarian. I, it, well, first of all, everything's like brown and brown and brown. Um, <laughs> whereas uh, whereas the Dwar- Dwemer of Skyrim and um, uh, a Dwemer of Skyrim have everything's mostly they've used the stone around yep. them. Uh, the Dwemer in Morrowind seem to have decided to use a lot more metal. Um, there, everything to be, seems to be shored up with metal a bit more. Uh, the floors are sort of riveted iron or some or something. Um, maybe it's because of the soil that or the volcanic rock that they were building on. Not sure, but. Um, the ruins seem to be less places where people lived, and they almost have a more industrial feel to them. Uh, in Morrowind, in, right? Yeah, in Morrowind. Yeah. Here in Skyrim, Got sort of too. any big machinery is sort of blocked off with fences and that type of thing. And that's not really as much seen in Morrowind. You, you have like, you'll often have things that look like boilers and that sort of in the middle of rooms. I mean, okay, barring things like the big pistons on the walkway here, which, <laughs> why would you do this? <laughs> but for the most, you know, for the most part, uh, in more in uh, Skyrim, they feel more like cities. Okay. Well, that's cool. At least to know that's that's, uh... that's what I've noticed. Yeah, I've not gotten into Dwemer ruins. My character's not that high in Morrowind, and I've you know never played Daggerfall or Redguard, so. Yeah, it's it's almost as if the uh, the Dwemer treatment doesn't doesn't necessarily come into its own until Morrowind, and then and then it's sort of an afterthought. In I mean, it doesn't really happen at all in um in Oblivion. Yeah. So. So who are the the Dwemer? So the Dwemer or dwarves are free thinking, reclusive clans of elves devoted to the secrets of science, engineering, and alchemy. Established underground cities and communities in the mountain range, later the Valethi Mountains that separate modern Skyrim from Morrowind. And that's from the Timeline Series Volume 1, Before the Ages of Man. Uh, so these reclusive Mur are known for their engineering marvels, particularly in the field of metallurgy and steam power. Uh, so once again, Kelsalmo, uh, metalwork, as far as we know, is the primary method used for to make almost all dwarven crabs. No other race has replicated whatever process was used to create dwarven metals, although it can be easily mistaken for bronze. And, in fact, many forgers of dwarven materials use bronze to create their fake replicas. It is most definitely a distinct type of metal on its own. Yeah, you've got to remember, in order to make any sort of dwarven anything in any of the games, you have to go into these ruins and, and salvage dwarven metal and then melt it down there there is no dwarven ore uh, yes. that that can be <laughs> um, until harvested. you get to eso which is probably my one lore thing about the game that i find hilarious well no even then you still get dwemer you have to destroy dwemer constructs to oh, get yes 
No, no, but there I, is dwarven ore. Like to make to make things in the Dwemer style, you need to destroy. You need to sort of, you know, now that they've introduced that, you need to break things down and, or you need to destroy things and make the frames. But the actual ore is sort of like um, one of the mid level or one of the higher level ores to make your equipment out of in the ESO. So, and that you actually mine. Oh, okay. Yes, I know what you're saying. The dwarven yeah. uh, ore after. Um before ebony and yeah. after orcrillium. Yeah, that yeah. it's just one of those thing uh yeah, it's just one of those things that I always found, you know, kind of funny. Yeah. The, uh, well, I think they ran out of names of things. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's it's hard. Sorry, go ahead. No, that's yeah, yeah. I was just uh, you know. <laughs> it's it's hardly worth, you know, like oh, the game's terrible over, but you know, it's just one of those silly little things that I can see why they did it. It's just sort of it's just sort of one of those but you guys have said the, ga- the game's broken, it's going to fail. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, free, <laughs> free to play, play. next week. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Dwarven ores in the game, guys. Free to play in a week. You know, Elder Scrolls is ruined forever. <laughs> All right. Um, please, please go ahead. Uh, go ahead, Mike. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Um, so, from uh, another one of his books, uh, the last but probably most important discussion in this volume pertains to the existence of the dwarven machinery. Dwarves created and manufactured on a very broad scale thousands of mechanical apparatus of vari- varying complexity. The most simple of which is the standard arachnid design used to ward off trespassers. Ah, the dwarven construct. Yeah. We are so far uncertain as to how the dwarves were able to bring these remarkably intelligent machines, dwarven military machines, also range from the human-sized sphere warrior, which patrols the interior of the runes as a harmless ball, only to emerge from it as a fully armed and armored automation fighter, to the justly feared centurion, whose height ranges from twice to several hundred times human size, depending on which reports you believe. And once again, that's from Kelsalmo, The Lost Race of Tamriel. That's volume two. So, yeah, I mean, that is the one thing that uh, you do get in all of the games. You may not get to see the Dwemer themselves, but you see exactly what they've done. And uh, it kind of makes me sad in ESO. The Centurions, when you face them, are not nearly as, like, badass as they are here in Skyrim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I, I remember I the first that. time I ran into a centurion and just yeah, you know, I'm like what the hell hit me? I didn't even know what hit me. Oh yeah. It was, you know, just so horrible and I, I was terrified of him. It's like, you know, okay, that's why you sneak character get around the centurion. You know, but in ESO it's like, you know, eh, it's just another It's like another mob. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah, well, and, again, you know, that just comes down to the type of game it is. Yeah, it's, you know, it's not a bad thing, but yeah. And I do think it's kind of cool. Like the spiders are not just uh, like uh, centuries, but also like you got some that repair things, and you know, like they have all kinds of different functions. Yeah, and then uh, you the- find ones that are like insane and just seem to be smacking things over and over again. Yeah, yeah, they've they've sort of, I don't know, they're they're like broken in some way, and it's seven thousand or several thousand years without. Without their, uh, without any maintenance, so yeah. it makes sense that they wouldn't be at peak, phys- uh, peak condition. So what else? Okay, so for all their great skills, um, 
their greatest skill was has to be treachery, uh, and it's uh, produced one of their greatest achievements. And I think Varwin just shot one of them uh, on the screen here. Uh, after many battles, it was clear who would win the war. The Chimer had great skills in magic and bladery, but against the armored battalions of the Dwemer, clad in their finest shielding, wrought by Django, there was little hope of ever winning. As part of a truce, the Dwemer gifted the Chimer a golem, uh, the Chimvalridrum. Uh, the Chimer decided to use this golem in a surprise attack that went horribly wrong. Uh, the golem, standing erect by the side of the cap of the captured, removed its head, and within its metal body was Django the Armorer. A dormant child of eight can create a golem, he explained, but only a truly great warrior and armorer can pretend to be one. Now, wasn't this... Didn't we see this in in Skyrim? No, this is a, a book in Skyrim. Um, okay. But, yeah, I mean, Maybe pretty much it's, it you know, it, it just shows how the, you know, these these people worked, uh, you know, that if, you know, they would create these machines that were so lifelike and, uh, you know, it shows the treachery that they were involved in. Um, and, you know, beyond that, you know, the treachery that they used to create through their alchemical means, uh, after the defeat of the Nords, the dwarves agreed to protect the Falmer. Uh, but it's a terrible price for these dwarves did not trust their snow elves guest and forced them to consume a toxic fungi that once grew deep underground. As a result, the snow elves were rendered blind. Soon the majestic snow elves were rendered powerless, and they became the dwarves' servants, and then their slaves. But the Dwemer treachery was so deep, so complete, that they made the fungi an essential part of the Falmer's diet. This guaranteed the weakness of not only their current Falmer thralls, but their offspring as well. The snow elves, for time eternal, would become blind. And so you can see, you know, and as you go through some of the the deeper ruins, like when you get into Blackreach, just how, you know, sadistic the Dwemer were. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, well, you know, I... arenas and uh, for arenas for torture, you know, uh, you know, creation of the Falmer from the Snow Elves. The thing is, though, I'm not sure sadism really comes into it. Like, the Dwemer were such a... Um... Logic and you know, logic and knowledge seem to be such a thing to them. I just think that they they didn't have any well, they didn't have any compassion uh, for the snow elves whatsoever. You know, you blind an entire race and then decide to enslave them. But I think that like the the torture places and whatnot. I think that it was more we're going to just examine things like the arenas uh, were maybe you know for all we know the arenas might have more been for. Um, like, they could have been for testing uh, items. They could have been for putting, like, putting things uh, through paces, seeing uh, how does this thing, you know, uh, can this thing survive against four spheres or something. But I think that if anything, it was always done to test, to find out more knowledge, to expand what they knew. You know, and in the, like, that was, that, I think that was their driving force and just they didn't have any compassion or mercy or any real feelings beyond this need to know. Really not sure which is worse, doing this out of sadism or doing this because you think you're learning something from it. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely, uh, you know, I don't know. When you when you look at it, the first thing that I always think of is, is this is very, you know, um, 
is isn't a scientific point of view, I guess. You know, yeah. the, mm-hmm. the the torture racks, the vivisection, um, the the arenas with the spinning blades and stuff. I don't really think you know mati- uh, military type of testing facility to see if you know their automatons, you know how they do in battle. But that, mm-hmm. this is uh, this is a common theme when you talk about about the Dwimmer. Um, people people sort of forget. Or, or overlook or don't know that um, the world is better off without them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The the fact of the matter is that the the story of the Dwimmer is is very dark, and the reason why it's very dark is because they were for their their impact on the world was extremely dark, and um, you know, bringing them back would would be terrible. Yeah, I mean, you know, you look at the War of Red Mountain and the First Council, I mean, the entire concept was is the two were fighting against each other for the longest time, hundreds of years, and it wasn't until, you know, they had to face off against the Nords, the invading Nords, that pretty much they held a truce, and there was peace between the, the elven races, and then Kagranak is building uh, the Numidium and uh, the Heart of Lorcan. I mean, it's, once again, it's treachery, and then the treachery against the Falmer, uh, to blind them after they lose to the Nords. Now, it, it definitely, yeah, they're not a peaceful nation, you know, that gets along well with their neighbors. No. Oh, yeah. not, not their return might be the only thing that could reunite, you know, an, you know, most of the races, uh, in the empire actually. Yeah. Yeah. Simply because they, they, they pose such a threat. I mean, uh, just because they're gone doesn't mean they're victims. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and yeah. I think people sort of forget that, and and I think that's if if we can if we can show that, and, and if we have shown that on this show, I think that's a huge win for uh, for this particular episode because people forget all the time that you know they had they had such a a, a very um, you know very unusual disappearance, and people love learning about about the Dwemer. Uh, they sort of get enamored with them, but the fact is is that this is not. These are very. This is a very dark chapter in in Tamriel's you know uh, history, and and these these folks, these were not good people. They they yeah. were, they were malefactors as a nation. And um, I mean, right when, there on the screen, I mean, you just killed a Falmer, who you know really we look at with disgust as barbaric people, but we really should be looking at them with pity, you know, because you know they're they're not. Their existence is due to the evils uh, perpetuated upon them by the Dwemer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it, it's like, okay, we look at them as evil people that, you know, live in these ruins. And, you know, they're blind. They've got, been driven mad by, you know, toxic chemicals. And, uh, you know, yeah, they do evil things if they get out and, you know, are faced with human society. But are they truly evil people? Oh yeah, and actually, if uh, if our, the room that Avarwin just left, I mean, there's um, there's an elf, uh, you know, there's a naked, there's a dead elf on a platform that has apparently been tortured. And if you sort of read the documents that you find along here in Alfland or Alftand, you uh, you find that basically the Falmer here uh, were able to capture a bunch of the explorers. Once they had, they started torturing them, and. Yep. You know, I I think it's not a, a stretch to assume that the reason they do the torturing in that is because they're just doing 
what the the Dwemer had been doing to them. It's just where the Dwemer had been do were probably doing it out of they want to learn something like how does something react to pain? How does the nervous system work? The Falmer, it's just sort of it's become part of their you know inflicting pain has just become something they do. Yeah. Um, okay, so so let's uh, let's continue. Yep. Uh, with more history. For more history. Yet for all their great achievements, the mysteries surrounding the complete and sudden disappearance has baffled scholars for millennia. Uh, the final report to Trebonius here, uh, the disappearance of the dwarves, the Dwemer's folly. It is common knowledge for most that care to know that between the year 1st era 688 and 1st era 700, during the War of the First Council, the Dwemer race collectively disappeared from known existence. During my travels, I have sought long to learn the fate and or whereabouts of this race, but rather than state my conclusions outright at the beginning. Uh, so we then go to Calsalmo, who's done some more research. There is also nothing that disproves the source of this disappearance as being attributed to mass deaths, plagues, magical contamination, experiments on the natures of Arthurius gone wrong, or even race-wide teleportation to one of the plains of oblivion. There is simply too little that the dwarves left behind that points to the nature of their great vanishing act, and that this same frustration applies to all aspects of their social structure and history. So, you know, even the scholars really have no clue what happened to them uh, after this 600 to 700 first era time period. Yeah, well, as to why they disappeared, how they disappeared. There's no, there's no, there's no evidence. There's no information at all whatsoever. I think, I think they pissed off the wrong Daedric prince, being being such a, a you know a, a, a violent and and, and um, arrogant and careless race as they as they were. Um, from what from what history has shown and and just from what you can see, I think they pissed off the wrong Daedric prince. And they were, and and whoever that was was just like, you know what, you're gone. Well, See, I'm thinking it's beyond Daedric. I think it's Adric. I mean, they're they're monkeying with the heart of Lorcan, who really is considered the missing god. And you know, I'm really wondering if it has more to do with Adra, being that uh, they're removed from the world itself. That, uh, yeah, uh, that, yeah, uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> That's that, yeah. As I understand it, um, one of the prevailing theories is that they were they were trying to basically use the heart to to elevate the race sort of to the next level to basically become gods themselves, and that the Numidium was actually supposed to be sort of the body for this god. So whatever happened when they tried to activate it didn't, or when they tried to activate the heart to to do this just didn't work properly. Um, but if we were going to go with Daedric, uh, there's a story about um, one of the Dwemer really pissing off Azura. Uh, by yes, sort of Azura having, in the box. Yeah, Azura in the box. So it it could always be that they tried to activate the heart and Azura stepped in and decided, nope, and just sort of messed the entire thing up on them. Yeah, because at the again, end of that story, it ends just at the, just before the... Like, the guy goes to sleep and doesn't wake up because of the... Uh, the striking of Lorcan's heart. It pretty much, you know, disappears in his sleep. I, I thought the reason... I didn't... I thought the reason for that was more... 
that just he had died in his sleep. Because yeah. my understanding was that these were these were Dwemer folk tales that had been translated. Well, whatever it was, it was like right at the time of the disappearance, though. Like, yeah, I, it, I must it, have missed it, that. Yeah, at least the ver- the one that I read, I believe it was that. You know, and that's the other thing is you get multiple copies of different things here. Yeah, you know, exactly. And, and they, they uh, you'll get subtle changes between the different games sometimes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, some of these books, you know, that we've reported on here, you know, we're using the Skyrim version, uh, but you can definitely find the Oblivion version or the Morrowind version. Uh, and there's just slight changes made to some of them. Um, but yeah, I, I could have sworn that the Azura in the box, like at the end of it, the old Dwemer uh, either passes away in his sleep or move, or uh, the race disappears after he, when he goes to bed. Mm-hmm. We can, we can always go and take a look at a later date yeah. and get back to everyone. Yeah, the, the fact remains is that um, when there's when something like this on a grand scale, a, a giant catastrophe happens, and there's no information, that means it happened fast, and that yeah. no one outside of of the affected parties was around to observe this. That it was complete. I mean, you only see this in natural disasters. That's really when when this kind of thing happens, when you know the total annihilation or disappearance of a, of a group or a city happens. Um, that's a natural disaster. That's usually doing that, and um, you know only in our our modern day do do you get you get the reports of this. But I mean, how many times in human history has has a city just crumbled? Look at Pompeii. For the longest time, people thought Pompeii was just, you know, a um, was a uh, was a legend, or or even better, the 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 city of Troy. That's even better. Yeah. People thought the yeah. city of Troy was a legend, and then we started on unearthing it, and, and you know, you had a you had a huge disaster that occurred, and there was no recorded history really of it that you can you can sort of lean your back on, and it happened almost overnight. Yeah, and and so so whatever happened to the Dwemer happened fast, o- almost overnight, and it was complete all throughout Tamriel. That to me says said it's like you said, either Adra, Daedra, something out of the plane of Mundus. Well, supposedly, um, well, I think that everyone can agree that it likely had to do with Kagranak fooling with Lorcan's heart, and in which case, there's only two actual witnesses that came out of that, and that's Nerevar and uh, Dagothur. Or Dagoth, and we don't even know what happened between like the events that surround the assassin, the death of Nerevar. We don't even understand exactly what happened with that. So, let alone you know if they didn't even understand what happened to the Dwemer, and we don't know what happened in like the hours after the D- Dwemer disappeared. Yeah, of course, there's no way anyone could have figured out what happened. Like the details for that are just gone because everyone involved either became an insane evil demigod or died. Right. <laughs> Good way to put it. Um, all right. So, so Mike, what else? What else can we glean from from the pages of of history? Well, that's pretty much what I had on it um, in terms of the the direct readings. Uh, so, remember, if you like the excerpts that we presented here, head over to the Imperial Library to read the full books. And we'll post the links for each of the books on our Twitter feed. 
Uh, with that, I'm going to turn it over to Mark at the Synarsis Archives, uh, who will cover how the Dwemer have been presented throughout the games uh, and their different uh, incarnations here. So with that, I'm going to turn it over to Mark. Thank you, Mike. Um, well, first of all, dwarves don't appear in arena. Apparently nothing ever appears in arena whenever I need to talk about it. <laughs> so we go to Daggerfall, the superior Elder Scrolls game. Um, to be honest, who were the dwarves and what happened to them was, was pretty much the first question I ever had about this setting. Because when you talk about fantasy and you have elves, you always have orcs and dwarves. It's, it's almost a constant. And I could see the orcs. You, you fight orcs in Daggerfall. There's an entire uh, little nation of orcs that's carving itself out. You, you can get their, their arms and, and armor. But I also knew that there were dwarves around. I mean, I could actually find their, their equipment, and that was about it. There, no one commented on them. No one seemed to, you know, you couldn't even ask people about them. So we had three different races of elves, catmen and lizard folk, and three other races of human, but we didn't actually have dwarves. And after a, lo- a lot of searching, and frankly, it was a couple of years ago I found this, um, I found there is a single line in, the in-, in every single book in the entire game, there's a single line of, of lore that actually refers to the dwarves. And it's from the Notes for Redguard History. And this is about the Redguards. It's about how they came to Tamriel and, you know, uh, for, uh, conquered Hammerfell. And the only thing it says is, at the time of this story, Hammerfell is fully occupied by Redguards. All the old cities of the dwarves, but one, the ghost city of Dwarfhome, are now the cities of today's modern Hammerfell. I'm so excited you just said the word Dwarfhome. Mm. <laughs> So, I mean, really, that was pretty much it in the lore. Uh, re- the only other thing was they mentioned the Numidium and, you know, the, the brass golem, the, the brass god, the, the, the construct that Tiber Septim used to finish his conquest of Tamriel. Uh, this is what let him take the south and conquer uh, Somerset, the Somerset Isles. Um, I don't quite recall if they said that the Numidium was of dwarven make. I think they did, but I couldn't. I couldn't, you know, give you a you know absolute con- uh, confirmation on that. But even then, it's just well, he had it. Where did the dwarves go? Where did they come? From? You know, where? Why is all this stuff around? But no one seems to care where they are because there are no ruins and there are no Dwemer ruins in uh, High Rock. So then Redguard came out, and Redguard is not a game that people, a lot of people have played. It's not a game that gets a lot of attention either, because frankly, a lot of the mechanics, it wasn't a great game. And it was very different because you had one character that, you know, you had a character that was set, and there was a set plot, and unlike in Daggerfall, you weren't given nearly the amount of freedom that you had. And... I didn't really appreciate what they were showing us with the Dwemer at the time, because I was still kind of reeling about the fuzzy Khajiit. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. The, the Khajiit actually were, were, uh, were human, flesh humans at one point. 
and then yeah. they they just sort of became cats. <laughs> yeah, well, th- and this is this is where they introduced the idea of Khajiit having different forms according to the phase of the moon that they were uh, that they were born under. Um, th- th- actually, the game also showed us just why Tiber Septim had a re- chose a red dragon to be in the middle of the Imperial Seal, because you actually have to fight his red dragon in it um, that he used to help conquer uh, Hammerfell. So, but once we got to Redguard, we actually got to sort of see the Dwemer rooms. We got to see that they were far more technologically advanced. Um, now, in normal fantasy games, you, dwarves are generally extremely good craftsmen. That's, that's sort of their staple. That along with guzzling ale and sort of being Scottish Vikings, generally. Um, <laughs> that's true. And, you know, they're generally short, stout, Scottish Vikings and pretty much how they approach everything. Um, but the other thing was that in the red Gar- in the first edition to the Empire, they actually specifically have people talking about um, you know that the Dwemer were not short. They weren't actually you know what we normally think of as a dwarf. Um, I the one of the imper- the person who's writing the guide and it's an imperial document being written as propaganda after uh, Tiber Septim had finished conquering all the human lands. So he hadn't taken Morrowind or Black Marsh or any of the elven lands or elsewhere. And basically, it it states that, the, uh, the author states that the the dwarves weren't short, and you could, you know, they were the same size as Myrrh and Man because uh, all armor that, that you can find... Man. Yeah, sorry? Sound like a fire when you get that unique shield. Oh, oh. yeah, that shield is awesome. Um, but yeah, basically, like you know, you sort of all the armor would always fit you, and the guide has a Thalmor agent who's scribbling in the margins so that you're sort of getting both sides. And the Thalmor's comment is characteristic human logic. Why would any self-respecting Mur refer to himself as a dwarf, even if it were a name given by the blessed Earthbones? Obsessed with anatomy they are. It does not even occur to them that stature may refer to things outside the physical. <laughs> so, you know, it, it, it changed how the dwarves were sort of being perceived. And it was in Morrowind that it really solidified them as being extremely different and unique. Um... You actually get to see dwarves. I mean, there's the one that I mentioned that's the last living dwarf, but there are actually ghost dwarves in the uh, in the ruins, and they're short. Uh, Morrowind has had a really big problem of it, literally ignoring the design document that they had released not a few years before. Um, and I can go into rants on that one, but we'll move on. Um, Morrowind basically introduced us the idea that, you know, they had disappeared because they were messing around with things beyond their ken. They were, that they were extremely technologically advanced. And at the same time, they had more of, um, more of a Mesopotamian feel to them than Scottish Vikings. Like if you see them, the way that they're dressed, the way that they've sort of got their beard set up, it almost looks like sort of the things you would see in, uh, you know, in uh, statues from ancient Babylon. Yeah, kind of like a, uh, the, yeah, they sort of have like that a, like a beard. pre-Egyptian yeah. sort of. Yeah, exactly. And that was sort of one of the, that when, when I saw that, it really sort of solidified that 
these the dwarves here were very unique that they weren't just sort of these stout warriors who were good at crafting things that they were actually you know the 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 uh sorry the mind was actually what they focused on that they were very inward focused and it actually Frankly, as we were talking about how terrifying they could be, I mean, could you imagine Tamrielic history if they had been focused outward and on conquering instead of just on trying to learn things? Mm. Well, it would you know? be kind of like modern warfare against an ancient pers- an ancient people. I mean, you know, they've got these automatons that they could remotely control and just send them out to slaughter whole nations. Basically. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, you think that some of the programs that we do now with, you know, our fighters and our uh, jets and uh, stuff like that, I mean, you know, that's the equivalent. I mean, they could send out, the, you know, a fleet of spiders and a couple centurions and, you know, their brass yeah. balls, and that would be the end of a whole people. Kind of yeah, like, exactly. uh, kind of like, and this is, this is what I, what I enjoy about, about Elder Scrolls is that it pulls from actual history. We're looking at a scenario that's very similar to um, the the Spanish in Mesoamerica or um, the English in Western Europe with native Native Americans. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, the, the, sorry to interrupt, but uh, Miss uh, Mistress Liz has uh, has joined us in the chat, uh, and apparently Varwin, her day is not going to be complete until she hear she hears you say, "Hey, Liz." But she's also not thrilled that you're playing as uh, Janessa, so you can uh, you can oh, decide. Or she refers to her, her as that as that chick. chick. That that chick. Uh, well, hey Liz, that and 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 in the entirety of the chat room, hello. And uh, I really don't understand what what Liz's uh, hatred towards towards Janessa is. It's just you know. Just look at that face. Look at that face. It, it's it's all right there. She's she's so hurt. By by uh, the the uh, unprovoked attacks from her favorite Elder Scrolls off the record host. <laughs> it's a face to launch a thousand ships to hunt down and exterminate all wood elves. She is a wood elf. She's not gonna hunt it, down the wood elves. That's what, look at the, look at those hips. She's gonna make lots of little little wood elf babies. <laughs> she's she's uh yeah she's she's ready for uh, she's ready to mate and and unfortunately uh, she probably won't be able to find a suitor because she's a bit manly around the chin. <laughs> oh no, she's not prettier than you. <laughs> no, not even a, not even a little bit. Yeah. Um. To, just to finish up though, so when we get to Skyrim, you know. I found that the the ruins here in Skyrim are far more grand than uh, than they were in Morrowind and even in yeah. in, in Redguard too. But one of the things I found uh, that well, we discussed the other things that we learned about the Dwemer how how they treated other races, how what they did to the Falmer. Um, but the other thing that we we actually get to kind of see what happened to them. Um, there's or what may have happened to them. There is a quest for the Mages College in uh, Winterhold, and if you go and do that one, and it's a, it's a pretty long quest. I can't re- quite recall the name of the uh, the mage that gives it to you. I think it's Arnil or something like that. But basically, he has you sort of adjust a soul gem and he, to sort of collect certain types of energies, and you have to run around Skyrim to get that done. And he has you go track down the. Uh, Keening, which one, of, which was one of Kagranak's weapons. Uh, Mike mentioned it, 
And basically, he's trying to do an experiment to see what happened to them. And he smacks the the soul gem with the with Keening. Nothing happens, and he starts getting pissed and just keeps smacking it over and over and over again. And all of a sudden, there's this chime. Uh, everything goes white as sort of there's this wave of energy coming from the soul gem, and he's disappeared, and the the dagger is dropped. So it's an it was one of those neat little things that I that you know that's in the game that sort of gives you a hint as to what happened, but doesn't really answer what happened. Like, where did he go? What happened to him? Well, you have so, to wonder if it was like a, a little Snapchat or snapshot of what happens if this was a bigger soul gem, like you know Larkin's heart. You know, if he disappeared just from a soul gem, imagine you know if this if it was a more powerful thing. I mean. It could have made the entire whatever species he was disappear. Mm-hmm. Well, well, that's actually one of the things is that supposedly the um, the Dwemer, like every race, has its racial ability. Supposedly, the Dwemer's racial ability was something along the lines of they were uh, they were able to enter into sort of a mental rapport and share knowledge yep. with one another. So, if they were, had somehow entered into like Maybe it was because of this ability, uh, whether or not it was always active or whether they all chose at once to enter into it. And that was why every one of them disappeared, because they were all connected at the same time. Mm, Interesting. It's very interesting. That's the thing about the Dwemer. They're a very interesting race. Every single game just adds more and more to them, but without removing the mystery to them. That's a tricky thing to do. What I what I also find interesting is how you've got five Elder Scrolls games. How many of those games are they really uh, a large portion of? And really, yet, only three. Yeah, and and, uh, and if well, that, and technically that technically one of those games isn't quite like the other games, but so three, two and a half. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so how, how funny is that, that, uh, a lot of, a lot of, uh, people that play, play the games are, they just love, they love finding out about, about the Dwemer. And yet you're looking at a, at a subject matter that's not necessarily new to the series, but isn't really handled much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, if you want, if you play on PC and you want, you love the Dwemer, uh, a really good experience is um, the Markarth Undercity mod. Um, I've played through that one. It's definitely uh, something that, you know, I play on Master, so I had to crank it down to easy because it was just very, very difficult. Uh, the creator jacked up the hit points and the damage on all of the the uh, the mobs inside the dungeon. But there's one uh, space where you walk in, and the you pre- and the only thing I could think of is it's probably supposed to represent the Numidium, uh, because it's a two-story tall golem that like has all of these archways and stuff wrapped around it. You can actually walk up different ramps and stuff. It was a very cool experience to see. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, that that so. sounds awesome. We're gonna have to go look for that one. Yeah. Anything else, Mark? Uh, no, that's that's pretty much it. Um, that's that's how the dwarves have have uh, evolved as the series has gone on. All right. Well, uh, let's um, let's steal ourselves for a moment here, 
and uh, present the the fast question of the week. Now, I was talking a little bit about about the series and and the Dwimmer um, and how many how many games does this the Dwimmer actually appear in. So so here's our fast question. We'll we'll go we'll go um, we'll go we'll go Mike and then Mark. Real quick, guys, which game approached the Dwimmer the best in your opinion, Mike? Uh, Skyrim. Mark. Skyrim. <laughs> <laughs> We're unanimous. We are. We are unanimous. Um, I. I sort of. I sort of agree. Now. Now. I'm not going to call out all the reasons why, because I'm sure we sh- we share the reasons. I, I um, think we've pretty much covered the vast majority of the reasons as we've gone on. And I was thinking of saying ESO, but you know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, it's. You're not wrong. You're, you're, you you wouldn't be wrong in saying that it 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 handles it very very well. But I don't think it. I don't think the experience of playing through the uh, the the Dwimmer ruins is is better than the experience in in Skyrim. Now, Mike, um, why why Skyrim? Um. So I think with Skyrim, it really gave you that that feeling of you know it's a ruin and you go in there and it's dangerous. Um, you know, that, uh, with some of them, it, it, uh, they just didn't feel right in Morrowind when uh, I did get to look into some of them. Um, you know, I didn't get to actually get all the way through them. Um, I, you know, they weren't in Oblivion, so I can't, you know, give you Oblivion. Uh, and in ESO, it, you know, the problem that I have with ESO is the respawn, uh, that drives me nuts, uh, when you're going through a ruin that I almost want them to be instance just to you. Uh, but, you know, it's that feeling of dangerousness that you go in there and, you know, you these things can jump out at you, they can pop out at you. You've got, you know, the Falmer that are also stuck in there and they're damn little cockroaches. Um, yeah, it's just that feeling of, you know, a ruin that, you know, you're, you're going through and it's really just dangerous. Is there is there someone like rocking back and forth on on a chair? I'm hearing banging on on one of the microphones. Oh, sorry, that's me. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, I I I, I definitely agree 100 percent with with you, Mike. Um, Mark, is there anything that Mike left out on this? Um, I would say Blackreach. Basically, the I I just find that the Dwemer ruin. Well, first of all, we also I liked how that how Skyrim introduced like more aspects to the culture of the Dwemer that we learned that, you know, just how terrible they could be, uh, you know, for all the grandeur that they, that they had. Uh, and just at the same time, I just, the moment you first step into Blackreach, for example, is just such an odd, inspiring moment. It just, you know, that sort of solidifies it for me. It's just, they do a better job of giving you an idea as to just how, how powerful these people were, how glorious their empire had been. Whereas in Morrowind, uh, everything is a much more, much more utilitarian. It, it, it feels like an indu- the industrial complex uh, of the Dwemer civilization. See, and it's funny because I would have to disagree with Mark. I hated Blackreach. 
And I don't. I think it had to do with the map functions. Maybe it. Maybe for me, it had to do like when I, I'm. I'm talking mostly when like I stepped out there for the first time because I stepped out of the of the elevator and it was one of those you know sort of the the spore rains was going on and you know everything's kind of luminescent and everything. So it was just sort of that that visual. And yeah, I didn't like the the wandering around you had to do in this sort of weird almost non-euclidean circle <laughs> but it no it it yeah it just it never the the way it's sort of laid out doesn't sort of seem to jive but just the visual for it just that was sort of what's uh what made me just fall in love with it yeah i think the same reason that i don't like the soul Karen either is that lack of like good directionality and like a map to help you get where you're going and to really give you an idea of where you are. That just drives me nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cause it's like, I mean, you know, both of them are about the size of one of the holds. Now, could you imagine doing winter hold or white runs hold without having a map or any landmarks oh, to figure out God. where the hell you are? Oh yeah. Lord. I, I can't even, <laughs> can't even imagine. Um, oh God! Yeah. All right. So we're running a little short on time at this point. Um, we've had some some pretty fantastic discussions. We've got uh, about fifteen minutes left in the show. So uh, let us let us continue with the uh, the really fantastic tweets that that we've uh, we've received this week, as well as uh, as well as an email. Um. So so this week we asked on Twitter. Uh, the, what I basically said on the Elder Scrolls account was that, hey, uh, this week I'm focusing on my Templar and Elder Scrolls Online and my Spell Sword in Oblivion. Which, by the way, I have to apologize. I think I put out a, an episode of of um, tail, uh, uh, Lunchtime in Tamriel, and I kept calling it a... Uh, a Spell Sword? Spellblade. I kept calling it a spell blade, and then I, I'm thinking to myself, like, it's not a spell blade. Why do I keep saying that? It's a spell sword, so I, I apologize um, if I, every time I said it, which was often, if I was irking someone in the car <laughs> on their way in. So, uh, so yeah, so I was focusing on my Templar, my spell sword, and Oblivion. So, so what game and what class are you playing this week in The Elder Scrolls? Now, now, Mike, what uh, what what did our our intrepid listeners? So yes. Musclehead007 uh, said, I'm doing a Dunmer Spellsword and an Imperial Paladin in Oblivion this week. And Robbie C2499 1519, uh, you've inspired me to make a Spellblade that I'm going to start this week. Uh, Yamikog, uh, I will be playing Oblivion as a custom class duelist. I love the custom class because you can do whatever the hell you want. Uh, and then uh, Prog Mathcore uh, said, Avarin, this week I'm playing my Skyrim character, a two-handed sword, healing warrior. No sneakiness this time around. I kill. <laughs> and uh, then do you want to uh, mention the other two notables, Avarin? Or the other notables? Uh, yeah, so so we had um, we had some very nice, very nice tweets actually came from the, the global community manager of... Um, of Bethesda, Matt Grandstaff said, "Hey, happy Thanksgiving to you, your families, and your community." And uh, the the vice president of marketing for Bethesda, uh, Pete Hines, said, "Happy Thanksgiving to the whole ESOTR crew, which of course includes um, Mike, Mark, Liz, and and Rob, 
Um, he says, Happy Thanksgiving to the whole ESOTR crew. Hope you all have a great day. So that was very nice to uh, to see happen. Yeah, it was very nice of both of them. And then yeah. uh, we had uh, one other one here uh, from uh, Major Wexley, uh, ESOTR. Uh, I, you know you're obsessed with Skyrim when you start drawing maps of the continents of Nern when you're bored. So <laughs> quite a bit of Twitter uh, activity for us this week. And, yeah. Uh, now, if you want to reach out to us, you know, it's at Elder Scrolls OTR, all one word. We love hearing from you guys, uh, especially if you guys have a question or a comment that you want to make. Uh, you know, we really, really do enjoy getting everything from you guys. Yeah, and you can send us emails at questgamingnetwork at gmail.com as well. Yeah, keep it coming, guys. Please, please keep it coming. Um, actually, send it send it to Elder Scrolls, uh, Elder Scrolls off the record at gmail dot com. Uh, the it's it's getting a little difficult to to sort through some of the emails during the week, and uh, I've been missing quite a bit. So, uh, for this show and for ESOTR, send it to Elder Scrolls off the record at at gmail dot com, and and certainly you know, Mark, you weren't wrong either. That's that's a fine email to send it to as well. Uh, so one of the two would be would be good. Um, all right, so, and and Mark, uh, we do have an email here from, from Armand. Would you mind? Okay, not a problem. Hey there, I was thinking, what if in The Elder Scrolls Six you can level everything like Skyrim, but in the beginning you pick either Stealth, Warrior, or Mage as your permanent class? Also, the three main guilds, Fighters, Mages, and Thieves, are mutually separate. You can only become the leader of one per character, and each guild would give special bonuses to your class. Then add a, go- a new good faction to counter the Dark Brotherhood. So one character, you could play a mage that specializes in fighting or an evil thief that does magic. I think this would probably encourage re- replayability and character diversity. Would love to hear your thoughts. Your fan, Armand. Well, uh, this actually appeared on, on Elder Scrolls Off the Record. So if, you're, if, you, if you think your ears are deceiving you, it is, it is not, uh, not true. It's, it's, a, it's a double email. We're putting it on here. Uh, but the reason why is because um, I know that uh, this would be perfect for for Mike. He he uh, seemed to have some some really interesting thoughts on this, and uh, I, I had to have this stuff on the show. So so Mike, what do you think? Yeah. So if you've been listening to us for a while, uh, you know my feelings on replayability with these games, uh, and it drives me crazy that you can do everything in one playthrough. And I really love how with Dawnguard they made you have that choice and with the civil war you had to have a choice that you know you had to play it through one way or the other type of thing and so you know it really you know was like oh this is a great idea you know pick your stealth your warrior or your mage and that's how you level up your character you know kind of like with oblivion where you had your main class attributes and whatever that class was that's how you really leveled. And your secondaries didn't contribute that much to your leveling process. So you could still, you know, get gain bonuses in sneak and snuff, but if you didn't have sneak as a main uh, class trait, you wouldn't gain levels towards your character with it. Uh, and to have, you know, the competing factions has always been a feeling of mine that uh, you should be able to have good storylines, not, you know the stuff that you see in Skyrim where, you know, if you side with the Pentus Oculus and kill off the Dark Brotherhood that, you know, you can have that done in 20 minutes. But, you know, a good storyline that goes all the way through to follow 
the same depth of rewarding storyline that you do if you play the Dark Brotherhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that I've always wanted to side with the Silver Hands and take out the companions or to reform the companions, get rid of the, the werewolf taint that is there instead of having to side with the companions, you know, as werewolves and, you know, get rid of the Silver Hands or Silver Bloods. Yeah, Silver Hands, I think it is. Um, yeah, so that kind of thing. And so, you know, but when you add each of these, make a choice, you know, Dawn Guard or Vampire, uh, Imperial or uh, um, Ulfric's uh, guys there. Stormcloaks. <laughs> Stormcloaks, yeah. You know, that, you know, each time you do it, it, it changes the, the playing of the game. And so, you know, you pick and choose, you know, which side do you want to be on? Uh, do you want to be a part of the Blackthorn Company or the Fighters Guild? Uh, you know, that kind of thing. And I really love that concept because, it, you know, you may not get to, you know, level 91 or 100 or 200 and something, you know, that you can do with some of these games because you played everything on one character. But it would give you a chance to replay and enjoy a new experience from a new point of view. I don't know. I mean, like, I I agree that uh, with a lot of what you're saying, especially about having competing storylines, but I'm not sure about the whole you can only get to the head of one guild. I'd kind of like to see it actually take more Daggerfall approach to it. Um, Because in Daggerfall, you could be the head of whatever you wanted to be, but you had to earn it. And it took hours and hours and hours to get your ranks. Uh, you know, up. And you had to have a certain level of skill. So I would like to see that more, that you can, if you want, be in charge of any guild, but that it's not something like, oh, I've completed five or ten missions, and now every sing you know, and now I'm in charge of the Mage's Guild. Oh, by the way, I can't cast spells. <laughs> or, you know, like, it's it's that type of thing. Like, if if I'm going to be in charge of the Mage's Guild... You know, allow my character to be in charge of everything, but before I before they name me Archmage, I better be able to cast the most powerful spells in the game. Yeah, you know, it's it's that type of thing. I'd I'd like to see them do. All right, guys, uh, good thoughts, everyone, and um, that is it. That is the the end of. Of our show, uh, thank you to to the chat room for for coming in. Thank you uh, to those of you who who watched us on on YouTube and who are listening uh, via podcast. Uh, Mike and Mark, you guys did a fantastic job this week. Thank you, as always. Uh, final thoughts, and let's uh, let's start with Mike. Uh, so, f- to all of those who had Rodan on their tables this past Thursday, give thanks for what you have. But please remember, there are those out there. Uh, with none. So please donate where you can this holiday season. Uh, also, uh, we are looking to move out of Skyrim uh, for the month of December, possibly into January, because uh, we've spent what four episodes, five episodes now in Skyrim. Uh, so please let us know on um, uh, Twitter at Elder Scrolls OTR which game you'd like us to start uh, playing. Daggerfall, Morrowind, or Oblivion. Uh, and uh, yeah, we're going to yeah, move to a new character uh, and see some more aspects of the other games. 
And uh, after we're done here, I'm going to be on uh, probably in about half an hour or so playing some more Dark Brotherhood. So uh, oh, yeah. I can't wait for that. Yeah, yeah we're gonna, gonna nice. you know, finally meet the family here. Take a nap and wake up in a strange place. Meeting the family. What about you, Mark? <laughs> I've really enjoyed this episode. It was fun to go over the Dwemer and, you know, just sort of... It's just one of these... One of the best mysteries that they have in the Elder Scrolls. And, again, it was just great to go over it. Um, I'm looking forward to the next couple of, you know, figuring out what we're doing next. And we we definitely have to do a show in the future about the Altmer and the other elves. And I can explain to you guys why they're terrible, monstrous creatures that need to be purged. <laughs> I have this feeling there'll be a lot of shouting at each other oh, instead I have no of doubt. talking to each other. <laughs> I'm sure the chat room will love that. Yeah, you know, Mark will be shouting at me. I'll be shouting at him. Avarwin will be like, oh my god, what did I get involved in? <laughs> Why did I choose these guys? <laughs> oh, man, I just got one-shot by this Draugr warlord. <laughs> At the end of the episode, there might be a lot of praying to the Night Mother. <laughs> oh, Lord. All right. Uh, you listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, QuestGamingNetwork.com, and, of course, subscribe to us on YouTube, YouTube.com slash quest gaming network and and please follow us and our hosts on on twitter you can follow the show at elder scrolls otr you can follow me at evarwin that's e-v-a-r-w-y-n uh you can follow mike at kdr mickey that's k-d-r-m-i-c-k-e-y and mark can be found at carnigan wolf c-a-r-n-a-g-a-n w-o-l-f-e Classic Elder Scrolls is a Quest Gaming Network production. Let's say goodbye, guys. Let's start with Mike. Have a good one, everybody. Hopefully you have a good work week. And uh, I don't know how many days are left of shopping for Christmas because, well, I try not to think about that. <laughs> and Mark. You know, great game again. Uh, hope everyone has a great week as well. And try to uh, finish up your leftovers from Thanksgiving. Take care, everyone. Be safe, and as always, may the foos be with you!